This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey there, welcome to The Tent. I'm your host, Scott Bellman, and it's time for another foray into the world of aquariums from a slightly different perspective. The idea of botanical style aquariums, utilizing natural botanical materials in your aquariums to influence both the environment the eco- and the ecology, as well as the aesthetics, is really starting to gain traction. We talk about this all the time in the, in the mainstream aquarium hobby. It's pretty cool to see it integrated into a variety of different uh, types of tanks, you know, planted tanks, species tanks, shrimp tanks, etc., etc. And it's, it's kind of neat. Now, it's getting a nice first look by a lot of hobbyists too, which is really fun for us. And yet, it's a concept or really a, a methodology, and it has its own set of expectations, techniques, and ideas and practices. And it's important to go beyond just looking at the use of botanicals in our aquariums as aquascaping pieces to accent our tank. Uh, what we've all come to call functional aesthetics looms large in the world we operate in. In other words, the botanicals are not just there for looks, they're there to impart functionality into the aquarium. And if you started working with botanicals in your aquariums over the past, I don't know, few months, you've probably gained an awareness that although these are unique and aesthetically beautiful aquariums, like any other methodology, they're not set and forget. They require some management, some observation. Because of the very nature of botanicals and how they interact with their environment, you need to regularly observe, evaluate, and occasionally uh, remove or replace botanicals as needed. You need to understand the progression of things that happen as your tank establishes itself. And perhaps most important, you need to make some mental shifts to accept and appreciate this different aesthetic. We've talked about that to the point where you probably want to pummel me every time I mention the word, but I have to. (laughs) Now, we've talked on numerous occasions about the various stages through which the botanical-style aquarium uh, progresses as it matures and settles in, which includes, you know, the recruitment of biofilms, fungal growths, even algae, and the physical softening and the eventual breakdown of the botanicals themselves. We've all come to understand that these materials will interact with the aquatic environment directly, imparting tannins, humic substances, and other, you know, organics into the water. We characterize botanicals as dynamic materials because they're hardly static or inert in, in their nature when you think about it. All of this, of course, adds up to a system that requires a lot of observation and a lot of management, which is really no different, no more challenging, and probably even less mentally taxing than, say, a you know, very complicated planted system or a specialized breeding setup for fishes like discus or angelfish or whatever. Like any system, the botanical-style aquarium requires some minimum specific observations and maintenance practices in order to keep it performing at an optimum level for its inhabitants. Nothing new here. Now... A lot of people ask me, is there, you know, what kind of things can I expect when I start a tank? Is there like a timetable for these? And I have to tell you, every aquarium is different. Obviously, to, to really quantify it and put a distinct timetable on, on stuff like this is it's challenging at best and probably a, a little bit confusing at the worst. Um, but at the very least, there is a sort of predictable set of expectations that we can work with and you know, practices that we can consider engaging in while our tanks break in. So like 
for example, in the first, I don't know, two to three weeks of uh, the existence of your tank, basically what you're doing is just observing this stuff to make sure that, you know, they're remaining negatively buoyant. In other words, they're not floating up to the surface. That's something that could be annoying. Or you're making sure that you don't have a rotten egg smell in your tank. And depending on your water chemistry, uh, the quantity of the botanicals being used, and even the filtration that, you know, you're employing, you'll start to see the water tint up a little bit. You'll start to see potentially a little bit of cloudiness right off the bat. That could be either caused by biological activity, uh, you know, bacteria, or it can be caused by fine uh, materials from the uh, dermal layers of the uh, the botanicals themselves. Um, generally, this sort of haziness will start to, you know, clear on its own after a couple of weeks, or you can aid it with some small water changes. And again, I talk about water changes because I know everybody likes the tint, the tinted color of their black water or botanical style aquariums, but despite our love of the color, it's really important to perform regular water changes and other maintenance like you would on any other aquarium during this time. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean siphoning out the detritus and so forth, especially if you have a tank that's not overpopulated, not overfed or whatever. The detritus, as we've talked about many, many times, functions as a sort of fuel for biological activity. The point is, it's just common sense aquarium management at this point. Now, say one month to two months in, this is when you'll likely see a maximum growth of your, you know, biofilms and fungal, you know, um, threads on your botanicals or, and so forth. This is the part of the game where we can separate the hobbyists who understand this process and those who have not done their homework, so to speak. As we've talked about numerous times, biofilms and fungal growths are completely natural and they're an expected part of utilizing dried uh, botanical materials in an, in an aquatic environment. The aesthetics of this process is not everybody's idea of beautiful, and that's perfectly understandable. However, it's normal, it's natural, it's part of the game, both in the aquarium and in nature. And again, biofilms will always be present to some extent during the lifetime of your botanical-style aquarium, as will fungal growth. So we just need to accept this. During the initial phases, you know, you may not like it, you may want to do something about it. And of course, you do have options. You can physically scrub the biofilms off of the botanicals and whatever surfaces they're on as needed, accepting the fact that they'll likely reappear pretty quickly. Or you can even employ, you know, biological controls like, you know, shrimp, snails, or even maybe an otosynculus catfish, or as I found, uh, some of my plecos like to eat them. Uh, that'll help with this process. In fact, many fishes will forage on biofilms as part of their diet. Now, although they're really efficient, you shouldn't expect the animals to get everything. And you could assist with the removal of any, what you would call, offensive materials. Or you could do what I do and just wait it out. Because the point is, these, you know, these, the appearance of these things is what this aquarium is all about, an ecological diversity and an appreciation of things that normally we would be horrified of. So by the time your aquarium is about two to four months out, your tank's no doubt sort of settled into a sort of a comfortable, stable situation. And hopefully you've come to appreciate that more natural appearance in your tank. Some of the softer, more transient botanicals like leaves and some of the softer seed pods will have likely broken down significantly at this point. Some might need replacement or additions. And I say replacement, I don't mean you necessarily should take them out. I believe I leave mine in until they completely, essentially demineralize, decompose. I would just add to them. Um, and that's another point. As in nature, uh, to keep a sort of a consistent environment, you'll need to replenish the leaves and the botanicals as they decompose. In other words, you know, trees in nature are always dropping material, materials getting swept into waterways and so forth. So you're sort of replicating that process when you add a few new leaves as other ones start breaking down. And again, you continue to employ regular maintenance practices like water exchanges, uh, cleaning filter media, you know, filter pads and so forth. 
Uh, I like to clean my filter pads that I have in my system or filter socks um, regularly because it slows down the flow of the return pump and you always want to keep those pumps operating in an optimal condition. I like a lot of water movement in my tanks. And again, you'll come to recognize what's normal for your system in, in both chemically and physically. Um, and any deviations from that norm will become increasingly obvious to you. And as a side note on maintenance, you can sort of condition your replacement water. People ask me about this all the time. Uh, you can condition that water with water changes by soaking some prepared, I don't know, catapa leaves, jackfruit leaves, whatever, in your water storage containers for a few days. This creates a certain degree of consistency and adds to that at least aesthetic tint of the water. Um, and you should evaluate your tank periodically to decide if you want to exchange or simply add some new you know, botanicals to your system. There's no exact science to this. When people tell you X number of leaves per gallon, it drives me crazy because it just, that just isn't, there's no science to that. Um, like with so many things we do in an aquarium, it requires you to sort of go with your gut and make decisions based on what your goals are uh, and by now what you consider normal for your system. And that involves taking stock of the system chemically, uh, environmentally, aesthetically, and making those decisions based on that. I'm a big one for regular, <coughs> excuse me, regular water testing. Not because I'm paranoid about things, but because I like to know what's going on. A lot of times nothing changes from week to week. Sometimes it's dynamic. You, you, you can't be guaranteed either way, but you should always check it out. After a few months, it's likely that you're just going to either love this kind of system or you're going to be like, this is the worst thing I've ever done in my life. I hate it. Maybe the tinted water and the decomposing materials and that earthy appearance, they speak to you and you're like, yeah. And, and maybe you're just like, this is the dirtiest shit pile I've ever created in a tank. I want to set up a tank for, for, you know, cichlids or something. Okay, good. Go for it. Not everybody likes this. I get it. And obviously what I've been talking about here is not like a, you know, comprehensive treatise on the establishment of a botanical style system. It's so cursory. It's not even funny. I did so many things I didn't touch on, but uh, it's just sort of meant to serve as a very rough guide about what might happen during the early life of a, a botanical style aquarium. You're going to experience, you know, things slightly different, I'm sure. But these observations were based on my own experience and that of many, many others who've, you know, worked with these types of tanks for years. It's really just intended to serve as a sort of cue card and, you know, to understand the various phases of your aquarium and to kind of let you know that the things you're seeing in your tank that might freak you out are totally normal. Everybody's been through that before that's kept one of these tanks. And depending on many factors like your base water chemistry, maintenance practices, filtration, all that kind of stuff, the timeline that I'm talking about could be longer or shorter, but the markers, the things that happen are typically the same. In the end, one conclusion that you can draw from you know, any kind of review of what to expect is that they're by no means difficult to create or maintain. In fact, once they're established and stable, they may prove to be some of the most simple systems you've ever worked with. You just need to learn the rules as nature's established them and to manage expectations based on this knowledge and to not, you know, not panic, not be afraid, not make sudden moves. One of the things you commit yourself to when you set up one of these types of accordions is that you're not completely in control of the situation. You're an observer. You're allowing your facilitator. You're allowing nature to do her process. And that's a real hard thing for a lot of people, especially, you know, control freaks and very methodical aquarists. There's a certain degree of let it be that we have to engage in. Again, the, the biggest adjustments you have to make when you keep a botanical style aquarium are probably the mental ones. You just need to accept that this type of, type of tank is going to look and function fundamentally different than any other type of system you maintain. Obviously, you know, the tint of the water is most obvious, and this can be managed by employing carbon or pure gender or whatever if you don't like it. But I do a few people that go into this type of tank don't like the tint a lot. 
a lot of people like it more than I do even. Some people like a light tint. Some people don't like any tint and they, they use carbon or whatever and they clear the water and it's not a problem. But the thing you're going to have to get used to is, is stuff like decomposing material. It's natural. It's part of the aesthetic. And accepting the fact that you're going to see those biofilms and detritus and uh, fungal growths in your system is something that a lot of Aquarius do have a difficult time with. I get that. But that's the whole game. That's what you signed up for. And now, if this is an excuse for developing lax maintenance practices or, hey, I could set up a tank and just let stuff go to hell, then you're in the wrong place. That's not what it's about. It's simply a call to awareness that there's probably nothing wrong with your system when you see this stuff. It's quite contrary to the way we've been acculturated to evaluate the aesthetics of a typical aquarium. And that's the point. It's not just about aesthetics, but since it looks so different, that's obviously the thing that both attracts and repels people. And the changes that occur in the system and the things that we accept are so radically different than what you know we've been taught to do in the mainstream aquarium hobby for years. It warrants discussion from time to time. And my suggestion to you, observe some underwater videos and photos of environments like the Amazonian region or Borneo or whatever, and you'll see that your tank is a much closer aesthetic approximation, warts and all, of nature than almost any other system you've worked with before. It looks more like a real aquatic system because you're letting it function more like a real aquatic system. And to your comfort, you'll find that these aquariums typically, if you manage them correctly, which is not hard, are as clean, boy, I hate that word, as any other if you follow regular maintenance and just plain old aquarium hobby common sense. The realization that it's perfectly natural and entirely consistent with the nature of these environments to have all this stuff present is probably a little comfort to you if you just can't handle looking at a field of goo in your you know, botanicals. I get it. But I can't stress enough the need to make those mental shifts. As we've discussed ad nauseum, Management of this stuff is entirely up to you and to what you can tolerate. I just leave it alone, walk away, enjoy it, learn to understand the beauty of this type of stuff. The biofilms and algae and fungal growths are generally self-limiting. They require nutrients like anything in an aquarium, snails or whatever. They rise to the level that can sustain a population and they'll be at that level as long as what they need is helping them you know, reproduce. Simple as that. A lot of times, biofilms and, and fungal growth start disappearing or fading over time as the compounds that fuel them diminish or attain levels that are not sufficient for their continued growth and or as a result of animals consuming them or just some combination of both. So your tank's not going to be an eternal field of biofilms. It might be a month. It might be two weeks. It might be three months. If you really want to experience the ultimate experience in a botanical style aquarium, you got to ride it out. You just have to do that. That's patience. It's the other thing we preach a lot of here. It's not that there's something wrong with your tank. This is what your tank is doing based on the materials that were put in the tank. It's a simple concept, but it's really hard to get your head around. The decomposition of, you know, transient materials like the soft seed pods and leaves is just part of the natural dynamic. And it's going to continue as long as you choose to use these materials in your aquarium. If you observe carefully, you may note different behaviors in your fishes, a lot of grazing, you might note spawning. You might find some fry. Like I've done that a few times where I've actually found kerosene fry in, you know, level, you know, leaf litter beds. And I was like, what is this? What, who spawned? Could this have been my, wow, my flame tetras spawned and I didn't know it. I've had stuff like that happen before. A lot of hobbyists have had that happen before. It's really cool, but it requires some mental shifts. <laughs> and ultimately the decision to create a botanical style aquarium is as much a philosophical one as it is a practical one. I'm to the point where, People tell you I'm an aquarium philosopher because I'm constantly preaching this stuff, but it's really important to get your head around that. 
to accept nature rather than to fight it is absolutely at odds with the mindset many people have with regards to aquarium keeping. As you begin to understand and evaluate your own aquarium, you'll kind of get a, a greater appreciation for how nature works and for the processes that have occurred in nature for eons. It can be tough sometimes, but it's the unlock to everything in what we do. My advice to you, stay open-minded, stay adventurous, stay curious, stay diligent, stay patient, and above all, stay wet. Thanks for spending part of your day with me. I'm Scott Fellman from Tenant Aquatics. I look forward to seeing you on the next installment of The Tent.